Hey everybody, it's Bill Courtney with an Army of Normal Folks, and we continue now with part two of our conversation with Rodney Smith Jr. right after these brief messages from our generous sponsors. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you got all these kids, and then I've read mm-hmm. you decided I'm gonna cut a I'm gonna cut some grass in every state. Yeah, that was a crazy idea. What? That was a crazy idea. Yeah, that was nuts. Yeah, it because because the farthest how I, many miles your car got on it? Which one? <laughs> Which? Because <laughs> no, okay, well, I guess what I'm saying is you're going to class. Yeah. In between class, you're cutting yards. 
Now you're talking to people all over the country mm -hmm. about T-shirts and things, mm -hmm. and you ain't got no money. No. So you promise the lawnmowers you don't even know how you're going to pay for. And then you decide, I'm going to go to every state in the United States and cut somebody's grass. Yeah. And I still ain't got no money. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 I tell you, everything I went through to get to that point where the idea of mowing someone's lawn in each state is crazy. Cause at, so the whole, I, the whole organization made me find my true purpose in life that's helping people. So after I got my bachelor's in computer science, I went back to get a master's in social work. So what? My, yeah, I know. Too much school. No, you don't do that. You're never gonna make anything out of your life, and oh, you have a man. disability. Exactly. Don't you remember that? They, that's what they told me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you, after you got a degree in computer science, you went back and got your master's in social work. Yeah, right. That's phenomenal. Why are you cutting grass? Well, I'm cutting grass. Okay. So anyway, the fifty state thing. Yeah. So after getting went back to school, get my master's in social work. So my first year of getting my master's in social work. I was on my internship and I was on my lunch break watching this video on Netflix of this guy that traveled the world on the acts of kindness to others. So he's going around the world doing acts of kindness. And um, that gave me the idea of 50 states, 50 lawns. I mean, this came to me, 50 states, 50 lawns. <laughs> I'm going to go to all 50 states and mow a lawn. How are you going to get a lawn mowed to Hawaii? You gonna? I didn't know at the time. So... <laughs> So that's that was the idea. And so um, you literally said, "I'm gonna get my car and drive this." And, bef and the funny thing is, before that, the furthest I ever drove was like to Atlanta, which is about three hours away. So I'm thinking about driving to all fifty states. So at this point, Briggs and Stratton, the world's largest makers and small lawnmower engines, they they came down and done like a short video on the organization, like a two minute video. And then I was real cool with the PR guy. And as soon as I came with the idea, he's the first guy I called. Say, look, Jake, I'm going to all 50 states to make people aware of the organization and encourage kids to sign up for the 50-yard challenge. I said, can you ask Briggs and Stratton, would they give me a lawnmower so I can take in my car and go to all 50 states? Give you one lawnmower? Give me one. I just need one lawnmower. And he said, yeah, let me, let me call them and see. And then we hung up. <laughs> and You've literally put this thing in your trunk? Yeah. What kind of car were you driving? I was driving, at, at that point, I was driving a Infiniti, a 1999. It, 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 how many miles were on it when you finished? Oh, so, no, so, I got so got to backtrack. So, at that time, I had an Infiniti. I was about to graduate. I was about to graduate my bachelor's, and that's when supporters of the organization, they raised about $15,000 to get me a new car. No kidding. Yeah, the people that support people. A lady by the name of Lindsay. She lived in. She lived in. Uh, what was it? New Jersey. She she done a secret fundraiser, and she raised fifteen thousand dollars to get me a bigger car, and I got a two thousand and seven Ford Edge. Once I graduated, and I was took that car and went to all fifty states my first time, and yeah, it started like that. And but back to Briggs and Stratton. I asked for one lawnmower. They said they loved the idea so much of me going to all 50 states. They wanted to fund the project, me to go on my first 50 state tour. They wanted to fund it. They asked how much would it cost. I just said like $8,000. Hold it. They asked you, you asked for one lawnmower. Yeah. And they said, nah, we'll fund the whole deal. <laughs> and a lawnmower. And, <laughs> and you got the lawnmower. Yeah. Yeah. So I done that. I didn't, man. 
Hold it. So you started in Huntsville, I guess. I think the first one was in Huntsville, yeah. All right. So Alabama is off the list. And yes, you I, said you went to Georgia. Yes, I went to Old 50 State. So I, we had supporters across the country. So I said the first one was for anyone elderly, disabled, single parent, or, or veteran. So if anyone knew anyone in the 50 states, let me know, and I'll put them down for that state. And just went around to all 50 states. I, I had everything mapped out before I left. So everyone was prearranged. So I, all I need to I do didn't is, think there was any grass in Arizona. How'd you find some grass to cut out yeah, there? Yeah, there's grass in Arizona. There's but grass. You just and, cut somebody's rocks. Oh, no. There's grass. Some people got grass out there in, in Nevada. People got grass out there. Yeah. Hawaii got grass. I mean, Alaska got grass. But yeah, there's grass to, everywhere. How did you get to Alaska? You flew oh, to Alaska. Yeah. You had to have flown. Alaska and Hawaii, I flew. What'd you do with your lawnmower? Oh, I, I rented one you in Hawaii. You rented a lawnmower? Yeah, Home Depot. You can rent a lawnmower. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. You should be sponsored by Briggs & Stratton like you are, but Ford Edge, I ought to tell that story and sponsor you. Well, I got it. Home Depot. I got to tell you another story. Okay. You ready for another story? So Yeah, I love them. Fa- fast forward in. So to date, uh, to date, I've been to- Hold it, don't go too far okay, ahead. Okay. We're going to get to that. Okay, so- the first few 50 state tours for the elderly, disabled, single parents, and veterans. Then I start customizing lawnmowers for different causes. So one of the first causes I customized a lawnmower for was for for um, military. I went to all 50 states and I thanked veterans for the service. So I moved a, a veterans lawn in each state. And I had a pre-made letter just thanking veterans for the service. And I got to meet veterans from World, World War II, Vietnam, and just mowing the lawn and sitting down and interviewing them and, and sharing the story, capturing the story and sharing it with people that support the organization. And I done that one. Then I done another one called Mowing with Cops. So I customized a lawnmower that looked like a police car. I had a light bar on top. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You had a light bar? You had yeah. a lawnmower or like a rider? No, push these all push mowers. That a I custom- push mower that you made look like a police car. Yeah, so I had a light bar. I I, <laughs> I wanted to come up with this idea and just went and looked online oh for God, a company that- hilarious. That made a light bar, and I, f- I found a way how to power the light bar on the lawnmower. So I done that, went to all 50 states. Hold Each- and and you, you, you were cutting cops? No, no. So, or you had cops help you? Yeah, so for, for the for, for the Mowing with Cops tour, we will find someone elderly, disabled, single parent, or veteran, and the officers will come out, and they will come out and mow with me. So they well, big departments will come out. So like in Boston, like four or five police officers come out came out to mow with me. The biggest place was uh, Rhode Island. They had about 15, 17 cars. They had the, the sheriff. They had the police officers. They had the detectives. They had the SWAT team. The lady I was mowing for said, what do you, what's going on? Because the, the whole department, <laughs> the whole Rhode Island police force came out to mow. And it was a lot of cops. All cut they, they thought they, People thought it was a big drug boss or something. <laughs> and they came out to mow with me. And, and that, that was a powerful image because at that time, the police was um, taking a hit in the media. People really didn't back the police. And so over. you wanted to give the cops an exactly. opportunity to show compassion. Exactly. And I found that free lawn care and police officers, it, it, made, it just made made sense. And after that 50-state tour with the- To pass, connect the cops back to the community. Exactly. And these these special um, mowers I made with light bar, I told Toro- the idea I want to make these lawnmowers and give them, donate them to police officers across the country. And they donated me 10 lawnmowers to customize 
into these police morgues and I donate them to officers and departments across the country. And officers, to, to this day, they go in their community and use They these, still use those lawnmowers and, they, and still go It's building that bridge between officers and the community because, like, if a kid sees that special lawnmower with a light bar and a police officer moving it, that kid's going to come up to that police officer and say, that's pretty cool. And that's going to start a conversation. So a kid that probably didn't trust the officer because of the parents or whatever, they're now interacting with that officer and they're building that relationship in the community. And that was the idea. And to this date, I'm making these lawnmowers and giving them to departments across the country. And they're going out in their community and, and they're building building relationships with their community with these with these mowers. So that was the whole Is idea. Is Mr. Brown still alive? Sadly, he's, he's no longer here. How 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 long how much of this did he get to see develop? You you had to have gone back and talked to him. Yeah, but he, I think he. So he, I met him in 2015. It was sometime in 2016 he passed away. But did it, did he get to see what your one happenstance meeting mm-hmm. had started to become? He didn't see them. He didn't see that much of it. No, sadly. Don't you wish he had? Yeah. He's smiling down on heaven from you. I gotta believe that, bro. Yeah. So, <laughs> after the, the cop lawnmower extravaganza, yeah. what else did you do? Yeah, so another one was, I've done another tour for veterans. So I went to the States again, moving for veterans and thanking them for the service. And for this particular one, I had an American flag. And, and again, you're going to every state in the country, yeah, cutting every state, grass. Every state. Every, of veterans. Every, to illuminate. Just think veterans, for this tour in particular, just thanking veterans. Because I've learned that America is what it is because of the veterans. You know, I'm able to do what I can in America because of veterans. Because if it wasn't for them, you know, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing now. They risk people risking their lives and... That's why I even tell kids in the program, you have to do stuff for people that do stuff for you. The veterans are important. That's why I try to instill to kids in the program. You know, you have to give back to veterans. Our way of giving back is through free loan care. So let's, no matter how big the loan is, we're going to move for that veteran. There's a Gold Star family out where I live in, in Huntsville. This is when I had to push more. His Gold Star, he lost two kids, two kids in Iraq and Afghanistan. Was he a veteran too? He was a veteran as well. And, he, and his two, his two sons. sons lost. Two acres. I push it. I push two acres. It doesn't matter how big it. When for a veteran, doesn't. No questions. I'm going to mow the lawn, and that's why I try to instill in these kids. Do you ever get people that you that you or your your kids do work for mm-hmm. that are so overcome with your kindness that they become emotional? You could say that. Yeah, there's been a few people that come real emotional, break down, and cry. What you does know? that make you feel like? Man, it just makes me feel like you know, the service that we're offering offer, offering means so much. You know, because especially the elderly, the disabled, even the veterans, a lot of them on fixed incomes. You know, they're really struggling. So when we can come cut it for free, that now frees them up, and they can use the extra funds for things they really need, food and medication and stuff like that. There's even been some times where, and I remember one time in Texas, this lady was telling me that there's people that go around, they measure your, your grass with a, with a stick. If it's at a certain height, you get fined. So, you know, the service that we're offering is so important, you know. 
And that's why I'm trying to get more kids involved. And it's not just mowing. You know, we also include raking leaves and snow shoveling and stuff like that. So it's year-round kids can give back and help and serve their communities. So um, have you ever rolled up to a lawn Mm -hmm. that you thought these people could be cutting their own grass and they're using me? There's been times where you have that feeling. You know, there's been, I know, when we first started, there's, I remember one time, I went to mow for an elderly lady and a, a younger couple came up. Oh, yeah, you can't mow for my, my mother. She's inside. So, all right, once we get done, we like to meet her. See, say, just speak to her. Mowed her lawn and then just, they, they played us. They just literally played us because it wasn't for the elderly mother. It was for them. You know, so no people, pe- people took advantage. You know, it's been like one or two stories like that. You know what? The, the reason I ask mm-hmm. is it's important that people know that anytime you reach out to do something, there's always going to be a few bad oh, apples, yeah, but yeah. you can't let that discourage no, you. No, no, no. You can't. You can't. You just got to keep keep on pushing and just find better ways to, you know, filter those, filter those out. So there was a story about... I remember reading about a, a lady whose grass was so high she mm-hmm. couldn't even cut it. And that she felt bad when you showed up because the grass was so high it was going to take forever. Do you remember that story? It's been it's been a few of those. So the, um, I can't remember the, the exact story, but it's been a, a few. Like you just show up to a lawn, like, wow. This <laughs> thing like, looks like a jungle. Yeah, and, and the crazy thing is like for the – for the first seven years, I was only using push mowers. And just this year, someone donated a, a, a rotting mower. So the first seven years, just using a push mower of all these big lawns, you know, pushing big, tall, tall as me, using a push mower, not what strong. What do you mean as tall as you? Grass five oh, foot high? Man, it's been something like that. Well, how in the world do you even cut it? Pray to God. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you just have to push it, go over it a few times. But, but it's been lawns like that. You know, it's been really been a lot of lawns, a few lawns like that. And you just you just got to figure it, it out. Yeah, I just got to figure it out. What's the worst looking yard you ever rolled oh, up to? Hey, it's been a few. Man, I have to go back and look at some pictures because you know each lawn we do we take before and after pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but it's been been a few bad lawns like. How can it get so bad? Uh, whoa, uh, a jungle like jungle. Just completely out of control. Don't you wonder if some of these elderly people that have got lawns like that, where's their family? I mean, yeah, you you have to ask yourself, like, man, if this was my mother or father, I wouldn't let it get like this. Exactly. But you you speak to them, and be like, no, my kids live in this other, another state, and you know they don't contact me no more. That's mm. like, whoa. Do do you? Just your presence and just showing them that you're there has mm-hmm. got to make them feel cared for, too. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know... A lo- I mean, it's a lot more than cutting grass. Yeah, and you, you get it, especially with the, the veterans. After you mow the lawn, like, wow. They feel so prideful about the lawn, you know. If it's overgrown and stuff like that, they're down. But the moment you cut the lawn and make it look brand new almost again, they feel so happy. Oh, look at my lawn. They come up. Wow. I can see outside now. And the kids you have with you get to see the immediate reaction exactly. from the fruits of their kindness. Yep. And uh, there's been stories like one kid named Wesley, 
shy, quiet kid kept to himself, you know, before he started the program. But it, once he started it, you know, his mom would tell me he, he became more friendly. He started getting out there and meet people and, you know, just build relationships with the people that he, he moved for. That's crazy. So, um, <laughs> there's, uh, I, I think you've done a, did you cut 50 yards in 50 states for breast cancer awareness? Yeah, so breast cancer awareness was another cause I moved for. So I customized whatever cause I moved for, I customized a lawnmower for that cause. So I had a pink lawnmower and I um, went to all 50 states. I moved for those who have breast cancer, those who lost a loved one to breast cancer, or those who have survived breast cancer, moved the lawn. Then after I, I interviewed them and got to learn their story and share their, you know, share the story with my audience online. And encourage men and women to get, you know, checked for breast cancer. Because I didn't realize that men could get breast cancer as well. So that's something I learned on the tour. So each tour that I moved for, you know, I just try to make it educational as well. So I, I moved for breast cancer. I moved for Down syndrome. I moved for autism, officers, veterans. Um, I got a few few more lawnmowers cu- customized right now for different causes as well. So, so during COVID, mm-hmm. obviously you can't go hug and pose for pictures like you've always done. And so COVID created a little bit of a challenge and that mm-hmm. you still are doing your, your service and mm-hmm. you're still doing your philanthropy, but it created a different set of challenges. But I understand that you then use the showing up to cut people's lawns yeah. to also deliver food and supplies and yeah. hand sanitizer and other things to people who needed it. How'd that work? Work pretty good. I'm call, I call them mowing drops. So I mow you call them, what? I call them mow mowing drops. Mowing drop. Yeah. So okay. I mow the lawn, then I drop them groceries and other things they need. Especially the elderly people, you know, who were stuck inside, couldn't come out. Because when COVID first came, they made it sound like it was, you go outside, you're gonna die or something like that. So a lot of the elderly people were stayed inside. We'd take pictures, but they'd be at the door. They'd be inside, and I'll be outside and take pictures. But I would go out and buy them groceries and then drop it to the door. After I got done. Rodney, I think you're the Ben and Jerry of uh, lawn mowing. Uh, ben and Jerry's took a, a simple thing as ice cream and mm-hmm. made like 90,000 different versions. Yeah. You've taken lawn mowing. You've taken mowing a lawn and come up with every possible scenario of things that you can tag on to it simply to do something kind for other people. Yes. Yeah. What's next? I don't know yet. But um, it's going to come to me. We'll be right back. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I know we're talking about 4,000 kids mm-hmm. and um, I, I, I don't know how many lawns, but my math says it's well over 200,000 lawns, maybe a quarter of a million lawns. But other than Mr. Brown, which has to be the paramount story because it's what got it all started, do you have a an absolute favorite story of a lawn that you've got? Yeah, I mean, um, Miss Gibbs. Miss Gibbs. Yeah, she's, Where's Miss Gibbs from? She's from Huntsville, Alabama. She, she's, probably, I think she, her photos was was one of the ones that went viral at, at the beginning and moved along all the way up to this year. This year, she sadly passed away. Mm. But you know, I remember meeting her for the first time. Person next door used to mow a lawn, but he was charging her, and she couldn't afford it because she's in a fixed income. And we shared that story, and that, that went viral back in 2016. But we just we just had this special connection. We just bonded every time more alone, she'd come out, bring lemonade and stuff like that. After mowing alone, we just sit on her porch and we talk. And every time we mow alone, take a picture with her, and people just love Miss Gibbs. And she's like a grandmother to me. Both my grand, all my grandparents have passed away, and she, she became like that other grandparent. Hmm. And then, you know, 
I gave everyone the sad news this year. I think it was in May that she passed away. And they were heartbroken because they just loved to see her smile every time we took that picture together. And, you know, just a, just a sweet lady. And one of the one of the goals for me is to start a scholarship fund for the organization. And the first scholarship we give away will be in her honor, you know, Ms., the Miss Gibbs Gibbs um, Fund. So there's one kid named Quentin, the, one of the kids from his grandmother that signed up in, in Ohio, Marion, Ohio, at the start. He's about to graduate high school. So my goal is to, in May, to go up to him and give him the first sco- official scholarship in Miss in Gibbs. May, in honor of Miss Gibbs. And yeah. On a and, and, you know, most people would say, well, that's a really kind thought. Where's the money going to come from? Mm-hmm. But I guess if I ask you, you will tell me you'd have no idea where the money's <laughs> going to come from, but you're going to find it. Uh, well, the organization, you know, people donating all the time now. And I think we have enough funds to start a scholarship fund. And even still, I, I believe if I mention it to the uh, audience on social media, people would, would, would um, help fund it. And start the scholarship fund because you know a lot of the kids come from low-income families, so I think it's important to invest in education. It doesn't have to be a four-year college; it could be a trade school as as long as they get that that education where they can you know they can do something with their life. You know, you don't want to be home doing nothing. You know, you can become anything you want to. I just want to help kids to, to become whatever they want to become. So I got to ask you: mm-hmm. um, you couldn't get a job when you were in college, yeah. Because you couldn't get a green card because yeah. you're on a what an education visa is yep. that what it's called? Yeah. Um, what is your immigration status now? Yeah, so right now I'm still on a visa, but I, I'm able to work and stuff. I'm still working on my green card. Um, I had an immigration situation come up, and um, immigration law firm has took my case on pro bono. So hopefully this year I have my green card in hand. If there is any immigrant on the face of the planet. <laughs> that deserves for this to get taken care of. It's you. I mean, dude, you've done more for American veterans than 99.99% of us and probably a lot more than the people who make the decisions about getting green cards. I mean, <laughs> for gosh sakes, what's the holdup? Why, why is it a, what's the deal? It's, it's, immigration is just it's just a sticky situation. Um, it's a long situation. It costs money. But luckily, like I said, that, Law firms, Stephen David, said Maynard and Cooper, they took my case on pro bono and been, man, they've been a joy that they got my new visa, which allows me to work and stuff like that. I mean, if it wasn't for them, I'd probably be back. I would have had to go back to Bermuda last year. Do you want to be a U.S. citizen? Oh, yeah, that's my goal. So once I get the green card, I have to wait five years to be a citizen. But the moment How long? I'm five years. So the moment I'm eligible for become a U.S. citizen, I'm, I'm going to run to it and become one. Ronnie, I got to ask you something. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you come from Bermuda. Mm-hmm. You overcome all the challenges of your learning disability. You end up with a master's, and you're doing all that you do across our country for people because of some compassion you once shared for a man named Mr. Brown. Yes. And... You're having to have spend money and and go through legal hoops just to get a green card to then wait five more years to become a citizen of our country. Meanwhile, you've driven 
all over this country many times, gone to all 50 states. And you must pass people all day, every day that take this country and their citizenship for granted and don't put one ounce of the effort into it that you've devoted your life to. What do you think when you compare your journey Mm -hmm. with someone whose journey was given to them and doesn't do anything with it. How does that make you feel? What goes through your brain? You have to recognize that. Yeah, I mean, like, I have some friends that are born here, you know, they're just lazy. Like, you have the opportunity to become anything you want to be in America. You you can't do that anywhere else. You can't just start something and become successful anywhere else in the world. I don't think you could, you could do that here. So just get out there and do it. Don't come up with excuses I don't know. It's just. Do you talk to the kids that you work with about those kind of things? Yeah. Yeah. Tell them you can become and do anything you want to. Anything. I mean, anything. Anything. If you want to become a billionaire, you can become a billionaire if you have that idea. If you want to become a basketball player, well, it's a little risky, but if you train every day and that's what you want to do, aim for it. You can become anything. You want to become a lawyer or a doctor? You, you can do that if you have your mind focused on, on that. You live- or if you want to become a lawn mowing savant. Exactly. You want to mow lawns <laughs> like me? You can do that. You can do that in America. You become anything you, you want to become. You can't do that anywhere else. I, like all the stuff that I'm doing right now, I couldn't do that in Bermuda. I couldn't do that in England. I couldn't do that in Asia or something like that. You know? But I could do that in America. In America, if you think it, you can become, you can become it. So what you're saying is just a normal old person who has challenges throughout their life mm-hmm. can do extraordinary things in this country. Yeah. And you can change lives. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't, this is not the path that I, I dreamed on, but this is my purpose. And I found my purpose while I was in school and I came across that elderly man. And every single day I got the chance to, Wake up and do something I love. Got to visit kids when they finish the 50 yard challenge. Like, even after this, I'm headed to Kansas and I'm going to visit two brothers that completed the 50 yard challenge. You're going to go. So, you still go deliver llamas? Yeah. So, I'm still after next week, I'll be uh, headed to Michigan, two brothers out there. And then after that, I'm headed to New York to two kids out there that finished the 50 yard challenge. So, I'm always on the road. If I'm, if I'm not moving, I'm on the road delivering more to kids. How many kids have registered across the United States? So to date, we have over 4,000 plus kids across the United States, at least one in each state. Um, Texas has the most kids with over like 400 kids or something like that. 4,000 kids. 4,000 kids. Cutting lawns for free. 4,000 kids. For the needy. Yep. And 4,000 kids in in total in the organization, plus kids in eight other different countries. So we have- What countries? Kids in Canada. Bermuda, England, Australia, Germany, Japan, Sweden, and South Africa. All cutting lawns. Cutting lawns. Because one day you pulled over and asked Mr. Brown if yeah. you could help him. Yes, sir. Do you ever pinch yourself? Yeah, I mean, because I, I would have never, like, especially when I came across Mr. Brown, if you would have asked me at that moment, where do you see yourself in 10, 10 years, seven years, it wouldn't be this. But it's like it's like a book. Every year is a new chapter. Something else happens. And like I had to go through all of that to get to where I am today. 
like when I got that car, I I, I didn't tell you that um one of my fifty state tours, Ford Motor Company in Michigan, I was on a veterans tour. And they told me, oh come move for a veteran, we want to film that experience. So I said okay, and they came out Ford Motor Company. This is Ford Motor Company. It's like okay, I moved for the veterans. After mowing that lawn, they gave me a brand new Ford Edge. You're kidding. That, that could only happen in America. Because they saw what I was doing for veterans, they gave me a brand new car. And then just last year, I, so the so the Ford Edge is, is a small SUV. Um, so that's how I was delivering more than that to kids. Then last year, a guy by the name of Mr. Neil Hawks, I posted a, a picture of me going to visit some kids to drop lawnmowers. And he says, look like you need a new vehicle, a bigger vehicle. <laughs> I said, jokingly, yeah. He said, send me an inbox. I sent him an inbox. He said, I, I want to help you. I want to get you a bigger vehicle. I didn't I said, okay. I mean, I, you can't take anyone serious sometimes. You want to get me a car? I mean, that doesn't happen. So he said, give me a call. I gave him a call. He says, he's going to look into it. Next day, he calls me. Oh, my buddy owns a, owns a car dealership up here in, in Missouri. Um, I'm going to buy this 2017 cargo van. Um, I'm going to buy it. Can you fly up? Yes, yes, sir. I hung up. A few days later, I flew up to Missouri, met him and his wife at the airport. They had the van. Shook the hand. And we, we talked, and, and I drove the van home to Huntsville, Alabama. And just, just him seeing what I was doing for the organization, because he just came across that post. He's saying what resonated with him was he used to mow lawns when he was younger. Hmm. And he sees what we're doing with the kids. And to this day, he's a, he's a big supporter. Rodney, I, <laughs> um, what do your parents think? The proud of me. The proud. The proud. They, they're shocked that I've come this far. You know? Cause they, I guess they didn't see all this happening. Have you? Uh, do you go back to Bermuda to visit? Yeah, I try to. Like Right now, I, I can't fly back there because I have to get this immigration stuff situated. But um, yeah, I, I fly back when I can. But you do me a favor. Next time you go back, go find that teacher and say you're wrong. Yeah, if she's still teaching. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's amazing, Rodney. Your story. Um, I tell a lot of stories. Yes. And and I sit across from people and listen to their stories, right? And um, it's it's not just the words. It's 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 not just what you say, but how you say it. But mm -hmm. it's also the the body language and the inf inflection. And you are so genuinely kind and compassionate. And um, yeah, the, the the work you've done is amazing. But what is so endearing is how how humble you are about it. You're just a guy cutting lawns and this thing's gone crazy and I think you still get that sense about yourself. And I have a I have a I have a have a big appreciation for that humility. Yes. The way I see it is if you ever see a horse in a race, they have these blinders on their eyes and that's what I believe what God is doing to me. I have these blinders on my eyes to keep me straight. So I understand what we're doing is important and it's 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 a movement, but God has these blinders on my eyes to keep me humble, to keep me straight on the mission. So, That's beautiful, man. So I, I, just keep straight. 
you know, we've talked about the 50 states and the 50 lawns, and you've done all kinds of tours, but that's not the only kind of tour you've done. Yeah. What's the other? Yeah, so in total, I just finished one, but in total, I've done 15 50 state tours. 10 have been for mooring, and, and five have been something called Hopes for the Holiday. And that's when I go to all 50 states. It really started with me going to all 50 states dressed as Santa Claus. And I went to all 50 states and I met a homeless person in each state. And then um, I gave them 10 sleeping bags, a backpack and things they need. And then Where I'll, do you get this stuff to give them? Yeah, social media. So on social media, for the first one, I made Amazon wish list with tents, sleeping bags, hygiene kits, hand warmers and stuff like that. And put them on an Amazon wish list and supporters went on there and they bought these items. And I, for that tour, I at least met one homeless person in each state, gave them these items. And everything was wrapped in, in Christmas wrap. And I you just all right now the homeless people they're not reaching out to you on no. Facebook, are they? No. So you just literally, <laughs> literally drive to the city. Let me get this right, dude. You riding up fit all fifty states. You ride up, dressed like Santa Claus, yeah. to a homeless dude with a tent. Well, tent wrap, tent is wrapped up, and then in the backpack there's hygiene kits sleeping what bags what in the world do they think when you ride up just like Santa Claus pop Santa, out of your car Santa with Claus all this real. stuff Santa Claus is real <laughs> 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 and you've done this five times yeah so first one's with for the homeless um, mental 50 states I give them these items and I ask them what's one thing they want for Christmas some said they wanted a hot shower so I'll go out and um, I would buy them a two or three night stay in a hotel room some would say they wanted a ticket home. I would go out and and buy them a Greyhound ticket so they can get home and stuff like that. And this is from people that support the organization. They and you're dressed like Santa. Dressed like Santa. And people would <laughs> donate while I'm on the road. And I would just use those funds to buy these items. And then I teamed up with my friend Yuri Williams. He's in California. And he dresses up as different superheroes. And um, we went to all 50 states. And we went visited kids that got bullied kids with cancer and other disabilities and we give them gifts for Christmas and we just finished our most recent one a, f- a few days ago in Hawaii and again all 50 states we found kids with cancer other disabilities we even found kids who have low incomes that might not have had a chance to have Christmas gifts we gave them gifts and that's all because of people around America and you're dressed as Santa and he's dressed as a superhero he's dressed as a superhero for this one we, we both have elf elf jackets on so we're playing the elf this time around. <laughs> Dude, you continue to come up with ways to just give. Yeah. Phenomenal story. We'll be right back. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. 
As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, Rodney, I've just... I've. I, I can't add the miles up, but yeah. it's millions that yeah. you travel, and you clearly spend. I mean, if you're going around delivering lawnmowers to all these kids, you spend a lot of time outside of Huntsville and on the road. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, what's that mean for for you and a family life one day? Yeah, ho- hopefully, um, I can start a family eventually. You know, I'm only thirty three, so you know, kind of young, kind of young. So. Next few years, I'd like to start a family. Um, right now, with me being on the road so much, you know, I, I can't. But you're gonna have to have a mo Winnebago, well, a Winnebago, a motorhome. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just load them up with that yeah. and go, huh? And just go and bring the family with me. Yeah. <laughs> but eventually, yeah, I, I, I like to start one. But um, with me being on the road so much, you know, it's, it's kind of impossible. Yeah. Yeah, but. Like if I had a family right now, I, I wouldn't be able to do all the things that I'm doing right now. You know, yeah. I, I'll probably be divorced. You can divorce you. You gotta give your time, don't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. But you know, right now I have the freedom to do what I do what I want with the organization. So, next few years, as the organization grows and we start chapters across the United States, you know, people can step up and they can start delivering lawnmowers for their state, and I just oversee the organization. What we see. Makes good sense. Make yeah. a bunch of little Rodney Smiths <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. Um, I cannot imagine that there's not parents listening to us right now who are thinking, 
I need to get my fat, lazy kid off the couch and out of the video games and doing something for somebody other than themselves. And so if somebody wants to reach out to you mm -hmm. and get their kid involved and be part of raising men, how do they reach you? Yeah, so they can go to my Twitter at I am Rodney Smith. And on there, we have a link that takes them to the 50 yard challenge. And it's not only raising men now, we also have raising women. So it's raising men and women. So we're trying to encourage both boys and girls to get out there and make a difference. So I think the first three years was just raising men. Then a few girls was starting to sign up and we was giving them raising men t-shirts. They didn't sit well with me. So I came up with raising women. So when girls sign up, they get a raising women's t-shirt. Cool. And we're seeing a lot of young ladies signing up and I got to tell you that some of these young ladies, they can move better than these guys. Yeah, man. they outwork the fat, lazy guys, for <laughs> sure. It's like, wow, they pay attention to details. <laughs> like, wow. But but you're trying to encourage both boys and girls to get out there and make a difference. But yeah, they can find us on social media at our website at weareraisingmen.com or weareraisingwomen.com or raisingmenandwomen.com. We'll take them all to the same website and they can go to the 50-yard challenge page and just sign their kids up. And once they sign up, um, I'll send them a... Uh, a white t-shirt along with the safety glasses and air protection and a ladder with some tips on how to stay safe and stuff like that. And they can get started. That is phenomenal. You know what? You've literally cut grass, cut your, you've literally mowed your way across the United States. <laughs> yeah. It was just phenomenal. And if you're if if you're sitting around thinking, boy, I'd like to do something good in my community, but I just don't know how. All you got to do is listen to your story. You're a guy who literally stopped one day to help an elderly man mow his lawn, mm -hmm. and has created a movement that's reached over four thousand kids, and I guess over two hundred thousand or so lawns so far, and all the hearts and minds you've touched through your generosity and your compassion and have turned in a simple act of mowing a lawn into a mentorship for kids uh, about how to give back and uh, how, to, how to grow community, uh, how to raise awareness for autism, breast cancer, how to try to reconnect police officers with the community, how to, how to help people who couldn't get out of their, their homes during COVID, all of these things from cutting Mr. Brown's grass one day. And if, if you hear this story and you still can't figure out a way to go do something in your community, you're just not trying. And you are a beautiful illustration of you, you don't, you, you don't have to come from anywhere to become somebody yeah. and to overcome disabilities to overcome green card issues, to overcome going to boarding schools at 16, to end up with a master's in social work and, and be doing the things that you've done and accomplished so far. Um, I'm just, I'm humbled by your story, man. You. And I know you hear it all the time now. You have to. <laughs> and uh, I know that, um, you know, everybody that hears your story has, has got to be so inspired by it. But I want to tell you from a guy who talks to a lot of inspiring people who do a lot of, a lot of inspiring things, bro, you are, um, 
you are a special human being. Thank you. And uh, it is my honor to get to know you, and I really appreciate you joining me. I appreciate you having me. And I appreciate all of you for joining us this week. If Rodney or another guest has inspired you in general, or better yet, to take action by taking part in the 50-yard challenge, donating to Raising Men and Women Lawn Care Service, or something else entirely, please let me know. I'd love to hear about it. You can write me anytime at bill at normalfolks.us. And I swear to you, I'll respond. And if you enjoyed this episode, Share it with friends and on social. Subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it. All the things that will help grow an army of normal folks. I'm Bill Courtney. I'll see you next week. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.